This is Reaching the Finish Line. And I'm your host, Callan Dix. Check out the website, www.reachingthefinishline.com. And pick up my free report. Save up to 75% what they don't want you to know. ReachingTheFinishLine.com Welcome, and today I am delighted to have Aubrey Marcus. Aubrey is the founder and CEO of the Austin-based health and fitness company, Onnit. Uh, recently, he's named uh, on the Inc. 5000 list, coming in at number 496. Uh, it's one of the fastest growing health and fitness companies in the U.S. with a three-year growth of 921%. Uh, his company doesn't just sell total human optimization. They live it. Uh, you can come into the on the headquarters, find someone bettering themselves. Aubrey generally wants, to, generally wants his team to be happy, reach their goals. So he provides his team with the work environment mentality they need to be happy and productive. Aubrey, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be on. For those of the listeners uh, who do not know who you are, um, maybe you can give them a short track to kind of how you got started and what led you up to on it? Well, on it's really the culmination of a, a lifelong dream. You know, it's I've always wanted to be a part of a movement and something that I was incredibly passionate about. And you know, as a someone who's relentlessly been on the path of self improvement, on it is the culmination of that in multiple fronts, both um, on the health front, the fitness front, and just how you take care of yourself and how you motivate yourself to be the best version of yourself possible and uh, so I just feel very blessed to you know be the founder and CEO of this company and um, you know really I could trace it all the way back to uh, when I was a child all the skills and all the lessons I've accumulated that have allowed me to be in the position that I'm in right now. How did you get started you know was like you know for people you know a lot of listeners like to get some background did you get tired of the corporate nine to five you know kind of what what was the game changer that said you know what I'm gonna start my own company like well I think that point that was always the target that I had in mind um, and it was for me it was just about finding getting enough momentum and getting good enough internally myself that I would be able to uh, to manage that so I started a marketing company outside of college I went to University of Richmond and uh, graduated from there and started a marketing company and I worked for a variety of different clients some online retail, some pharmaceutical, oil and gas, all over the all over the spectrum and really honed a variety of different skills. But ultimately um, working as you know as a marketing firm for other companies, I never had any control over what we actually act, got to produce, what we actually got to do. You know, they would take my advice to some kind of varying degree, which could be very frustrating. You, know, you can work on a campaign and know that it's gonna work. And uh, for whatever reason, the executive team could decide to go another way. Um, so it was, you know, it was a challenging thing to do. I mean, even though I was, I owned my own company, I still was like an employee for all of the clients that I had. And I think that's one of the issues with um, with any kind of service business. Um, is even if you are owning it, you're still beholden to you know the management team that's actually going to put it into play. So for me, I always wanted to create a brand that. I could fully control and I could use to exemplify all of the values and morals that I really you know hold dear that are part of my own ethos from not only how to treat your employees but how to treat your customers and what kind of products you're going to provide so 
um, there just came an opportunity for me to uh, jump in and, and form a partnership with Joe Rogan and I had access to some capital, some friends and family and an investment banker that I'd known out of Philly from some of my previous contacts. Put a little money together, put our first order of Alpha Brain in, which is our flagship supplement, and um, you know, sold out of that first order in, in about 24 hours and I knew that we had something special after that. Wow, that's amazing. So uh, now let's talk about that. Uh, let's talk about strategic partnerships, alliances, joint ventures, because um, often a lot of aspiring, struggling entrepreneurs, uh, they kind of get started on their own. You know, they don't really have someone they can partner with. Um, now, what do you think, uh, Arby? Did you think your uh, affiliation with Joe really kind of helped the brand kind of get a, a, a good kickstart off? Or do you think it was something more than that? Well, I think I had to create enough, you know, I had to create enough competency for even the partnership to work, you know, so Joe had to be confident that I had the skills to be able to run the company, that I had um, the knowledge to create a great supplement, because actually the samples of the supplement came before the partnership, you know, so I had to produce a truly excellent product um, before that partnership was even viable, even though we were friends. Um, uh -huh. So, but once, once I had those pieces in play, then having Joe as a partner was um, really just an instant catapult to a much larger audience. Um, there's really no way to overestimate the value that he brought in getting the momentum started. And then once you get a certain amount of critical mass, uh, it's a lot easier to start surfing instead of just paddling. Right. It's definitely good to have a friend like that, um, Aubrey, and um, you know, I'm quite fond of Joe of myself. But what would you say to the struggling entrepreneur uh, that say, well, it's so easy for him to say because, you know, his partner is Joe Rogan. You know, what would you say to that entrepreneur that uh, that thinks that they need to affiliate themselves with someone who's very a very noticeable figure? I mean, how would you what piece of advice would you give yeah. to them? Well, you know, it's interesting because we have, you know, we have alliances with a lot of different people and it's interesting to see the impact that each of these individuals have. So, you know, someone like um, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, mm -hmm. he, he's been posting about our kettlebells and that's really cool. I mean, he's got tens of millions of social followers, but it really has very little impact on the bottom line. Same with uh, someone like Ludacris, the rapper. Mm -hmm. He'll post something, he'll post an amazing post of all the products he has, talk about how good they are. And he has over 10 million followers, and it has very little impact. But Joe um, has much fewer followers, but when he says things, it makes a huge wave. And we have a lot of other individuals like that. So I would say don't always think about the biggest name, the biggest celebrity, because that may not have a big impact. Find someone who has a close affiliation with their audience, someone that their audience trusts, and really has a voice and a constant level of communication. And it doesn't have to be someone huge, but cultivate those relationships and because uh, they're going to be extremely valuable so while you know not everybody's going to have Joe Rogan there's a ton of millions of smaller Joe Rogans influential people that are mm -hmm. if it's just people who are influential in their own peer group you know find those people and forge alliances and go after those alliances you know like you would go after any other aspect of your business you know provide some kind of mutual benefit you know that's the form of these alliances even forms of friendship. Friendships are agreements of mutual benefit. You're going to both mm -hmm. enhance each other's time. And I think a lot of people they, they look at these they look at these alliances in such a utilitarian way. Like, how can I get this person? Well, mm -hmm. you get the person by giving to the person. 
So the que- the first question is, how can I give to this person? What can I do to make their life, their experience, their productivity, their business, you know, better? And then start there, and then um, you know, go after some of these strategic partnerships. Great, great. And I like how you put that, Aubrey. And I definitely agree. You know, start forming relationships with influencers, but come at it from a genuine way rather than what's in it for me way. Now, let's kind of go into uh, geographic demographics uh, because uh, your company is based in Austin. And -hmm. actually, that's kind of a perfect fit because Austin is a city that's very health conscious. Now, uh, talk about the importance of geo demographics and how that can make a difference in someone's business. Obviously, you found it in Austin, and I'm quite sure alone, uh, based on your business in Austin, has really been instrumental to your success. What advice would you give to the entrepreneur? Well, I think, you know, I, I think the, the place that you live is, becomes part of the culture and the ethos of your business. And I think that makes, that makes a pretty strong statement. You know, and it's not just where, what city it's in, but what kind of facility that you're in. I mean, are you taking the time and care um, to cultivate something that's nice, but not lavish and over the top, where it looks like you're devoting far too many resources to creating an, an impression? Um, but all of that becomes just kind of part of part of who you are, and it should be kind of a natural expression of that. I mean, we do most of our business is not in Austin; it's you know throughout the country and throughout the world. Uh, some aspects, some of the fitness aspects draw on that. But then you also have to look at the employees. You know, Austin is a great place because we're attracting you know really top caliber employees um, from where we're at, and that's I think one of the most valuable things that I can I can say about Austin. Great. So, kind of going into the employees because often, you know, oftentimes people jump on my head and say, "Hey, talk more about employees." So, so definitely want to uh, um, kind of delve into that more. I'm glad you kind of uh, lead me into that. So, uh, when it comes to your company culture, uh, it's definitely different than most companies. Most companies kind of a standard nine to five, or maybe someone maybe salary. They go to work, they do their work, they may get an hour lunch break. Uh, they come back, they may be lucky at the end of the year to get a bonus or maybe a, a company Christmas party or something like that. But I do see now uh, companies like yours, companies like Sail Through, uh, companies like Prezi, you know, are kind of really creating a holistic company culture to really make the employees feel more appreciated. Kind of let's talk about what inspired you to kind of create a different kind of company culture model. Well, I've seen the other side. You know, I've been involved with companies that had the opposite mentality where you have, um, you actually, I was in one situation where you actually had to thumbprint in uh, to track your time by the second, you know, so that you, at lunchtime, instead of just going out and finding a place, you're like, man, I got exactly 60 minutes for lunch. You know, where can we go? And then sometimes people are having to leave meals because it was such a this crazy authoritarian system that was put in place and I saw how detrimental that was because it just creates resentment and when you have resentment people would, yeah all right people would be at their desk they'd just be screwing around at their desk they're not doing any actual work they don't actually care and the minute their time obligation is done they're gone and that's not the situation that I wanted to create you know what I wanted to do is create a system where everybody was bought in so they didn't need management you know they they believed in what they were doing and they believed in the mission and so for me, mission is first. Like, what is the overriding purpose of the company? And if you can get that really clear, and that's something greater than, 
you know, greater than just the selfish interests of one. You know, the mission of on it isn't to make me rich, you know, and if it was, I think everything would, you know, collapse, at least the system that I built up, because nobody wants to work under those, under those conditions, you know. Setting a mission that's a lot more for the good of all is really important. And then entrusting people to you know, follow that mission, to be motivated, to take pride in what they do, and to be supported. You know, happy people are more productive. Happy people are better employees. So we take every measure possible to make sure that you know, our people are happy, they're supported, and they can take pride in what they do. I just want to take a moment to tell you about DreamHost. DreamHost.com is the award-winning web hosting service rated by PC Magazine. With their current rates and positive reviews, I couldn't think of a better company to recommend. You can get $10 off a one-year hosting plan or $25 off a two-year hosting plan when you use the promo code Callen, K-A-L-L-E-N. DreamHost.com, PC's Magazine, best web hosting service. Yeah, I, I definitely like that, Aubrey. I, I really hope that more companies go in that direction because um, according to a recent poll only 30% of Americans are happy with their jobs and that's a pretty low number and uh, like I said um, if more companies uh, will adopt models like yours you know models like these other companies like uh, sail through I think definitely uh, there will be more employee happiness you know, especially in this country let's talk about some of the benefits that you offer uh, your employees. You know, I see that uh, one thing you mentioned, you said, um, you know, you don't really count hours. But, uh, you provide an in-house gym, like a racquetball court, in-house chef. Talk about talk about all that maybe, probably in about, let's say, two and a half, three minutes. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it starts with a, with a core fundamental structure, and that's basically that we trust entrust people to be, you know, self-motivated. So we don't count hours. We don't have a limited amount of vacation days. It's all just subject to how much work is available and how much work we expect people to get done and if they fall short of that then we take action but other than that you know they're accountable for their workload their piece of the puzzle that they have to create um, and that allows some flexibility and you know surprisingly very rarely do we have anybody who takes advantage of that situation because you're cultivating a real team environment um, and then second all of the other benefits are just things that can add to their life we have food that's provided on a copay, massage, an in-house gym. We have a pretty heated and intense volleyball matches in our racquetball court that we have here. Um, there's cryo, you know, cryo healthcare, which is a great facility. There's float tanks that we make available, um, and then we're also offering uh, company retreats out at my own personal ranch in Sedona, which is a, a new initiative that um, that I created to just really help people live an optimal life. And, uh, you know, exemplify what on it means to our customers internally. So when we're talking to our customers who are fired up about bettering their own lives, we can connect with them because we're doing the exact same thing. We're taking all the steps possible to benefit our lives. Great. I always get a lot of inquiries from uh, listeners and readers. They always say, uh, you know, hey, you know, we're some good employees to work for. So I was going to leave it at two words. Wink, wink. Uh, moving on, um, let's talk about how do you find those great employees? Because you said Austin, uh, you know, does have great talent, uh, but at the same time, you know, everyone is not great. You know, you have some, you have some slackers, you have some people who are low caliber, you have mediocre people. Um, what is your kind of HR process 
when it comes to sourcing these employees? You know, do you know do you do the HR yourself? Do you outsource it to an HR company to bring people in for you? Maybe like a temp agency, um, and kind of what's the strategy? You know, for you to kind of increase your chances of finding a good employee. Yeah, we've employed a lot of different strategies in order to do that. Um, some of them personal references. We we have hired staffing services, especially for more specific jobs, jobs that have to do specifically with the supplement industry where we need that knowledge base. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to find that just by on Craigslist because those people are you know, happily employed or, or maybe not too happily but at least fully employed um, in a current position and you need to be able to access those people and, and you know, make them an offer that, um, you know, that can entice them to come work for your operation. So, and then other times um, we've drawn upon our social media network. I mean, we have hundreds of thousands of uh, follows on social media and that's uh, yielded some great results. Sometimes not so great results. Sometimes you've had some interesting incidents <laughs> hiring from those, uh, from that pool of people. But really it's just, um, we have such a strong internal company, you know, kind of culture and ethos that anybody who doesn't fit with that you know, who wants to be frustrated or wants to take advantage of the system, they don't feel comfortable because everybody around them is acting differently. They don't have anybody to commiserate with. Mm -hmm. They don't have anybody to go gripe with in the break room and, you know, slack off and talk about, you know, it's just not there. It doesn't Mm -hmm. exist. So they end up weeding themselves out a lot. And I make sure, even though we have about 80 employees, I make sure to personally interview every new hire. Um, And when I do that, it's just more to read the character of the person, you know, try to see deeper behind the content of the questions into the motivation behind them. And uh, so far, it's worked pretty good. We have a very, very low turnover rate. Yeah, previously we talked with um, Philip Rook, uh, who is the CEO of Spreadshirt. And uh, he kind of had a very interesting take uh, when it comes to his hiring process. But I really want to hear from you uh, because there's kind of like three categories, you know, more or less. You kind of have the academics, kind of the college background. Uh, then you have the experience, in, in, in which in some cases, um, the person may never went to college, but they have six, six years of experience in the field. And at the same time, you have more of the personality slash attitude and where maybe the person don't have either of the other two, but you know, you know, they really, they really are kind of customer oriented, sales oriented. How do you rank that when it comes to hiring an employee? Would you say that, because the reason why I ask this, Aubrey, is a lot of people are getting frustrated with the extremely low return of college, you know, especially when it's not in, especially when it's in non-specialized uh, fields. Yep. And often when they graduate out of college, they have thousands upon thousands of dollars of student loan debt and unfortunately um, they end up working at Walmart they end up working at uh, you know McDonald's uh, uh, there was a study by CBS that showed that uh, a little uh, a little uh, over a third of Millennials after they graduate from college are still living with their parents so there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of a, a low return um, on investment that people are getting from college so what would you say would, would you still say that you know when you look at an employee that you know they check you know the college is still paramount or would, yeah. or would, would you be more open to look at their experience or also the personality attitude kind of how would you rank that well here's what college is important for college is important if you have to entertain clients and you need to make sure someone's capable of drinking and holding their liquor. 
Like that's that to me is like the most important part of college. Like other than that, it doesn't really matter. And I and I think I went to college. I had a good experience, but it didn't really play a significant role in preparing me at all for what I'm doing now. Um, in any specific way, I'm glad I did. I took some great philosophy classes. I took some uh, some theater classes that I really enjoyed. Some of the classical civilization. I was able to do things that I loved in college, and I was fortunately in a position where um, we had the financial capability to, to allow me that in my family. Um, but it's not it's not something that I particularly look for. What I look for is a simple criteria. Have you been great at anything? And if you've been great at anything, I can have a high degree of confidence that I can teach you or whoever in our you know executive team can teach you to be great at your job here. You know, greatness translates to greatness. So more important than college, if you do go to college and you're exceptionally great at it, great. You know, then you've shown that you're great at college. If you're great at college, you can be great at this job. But if you're just going to college to graduate, you know, any, you know, not anybody, but it, you can you can get away with that without having to be great. You know, without being forced to do that. So no matter what it is, whether it's college or military or a job or a blog or a, uh, it could be a sport or a hobby. If you're a great fisherman or a great angler or a great <clears throat> ping pong player, I don't care. But as long as I know that you've put in the time necessary to be great at something, I, I know that you know the process and I have a lot of faith that you can be great working for me here at Honor. Great, great. So kind of summing it up, like, you know, you, you don't really place no heavy bearing on college. I don't. Not, not hardly at all. I mean, obviously... We have a general counsel on staff. You know, I like to see where he got his law degree from <laughs> and where he went to school. I mean, something specific like that. You know, if it's an accountant, you know, you want to make sure that they have their, um, you know, they have their pedigree. But otherwise, for the most part, you know, I couldn't even tell you where our chief marketing officer or our chief operations officer went to college. I have no idea. I don't care. Right. That was not a that was not a factor. It was what they had done prior. And you know, in my mind, the sooner you get started on building that, you know, building that resume of things that you've been great at, um, the better. Right. And um, I'm I'm quite sure as the listeners are hearing this, it's like, wow, this is like a great company to work for. I could totally do this. The qu- a question that comes to mind is, uh, I'm not sure if you heard of this kind of model, Aubrey, it's called MOOC, which is Massive Open Online Courses. And uh, a lot of times uh, these uh, universities, uh, they offer a lot of their college curriculums for free. You know, you're not going to get the degree, but you still get the same education. You might get a certificate or you might, you might get a certificate of completion, but um, a lot of people are kind of opting for that because they don't have the money uh, to afford uh, the uh, you know the, the tuition because I because it could be anywhere between thirty forty fifty thousand dollars most people don't have even more than that if it's a very prestigious university. The question is, um, if a person with let's say for example uh, the University of Illinois they offer their full MBA program or course a year for free. Now the person doesn't get the degree, but they do get a certificate of completion. Now. If an applicant will come to you with that and say, "Hey, Aubrey, look, you know, hey, I went to University of Illinois. Uh, you know, I didn't go to the actual school, but I got off of Corsia. Would you qualify as that as the same? Because some people are very, I feel like some people are very like uh, degree peeve. Like it's like you have to have the degree. While while you know 
others are more open to kind of how much you know. So if that person came to you with that certificate, would that be just as good? It would be probably because I don't really care about whether they went to school or not either. So mm -hmm. neither one is going to, in my mind, be something that's going to be that impressive. You know, I mean, I, I did very well in school. I graduated magna cum laude and I gave it a, you know, a moderate effort at best. It was not my, it was not my best effort. And I know that, I know that most of the people in there are not completely giving everything to school to graduate. You, you mm -hmm. kind of do the bare minimum to get the grades that you want. And, you know, so it doesn't really matter. I don't, I don't care about that. It's, it's, an easy, it's an easy job in my opinion, you know, so what, what things have you done that really challenged you? Like, how did you respond when it got tough? You know, that's, that's what I'm concerned with. So these degrees and certificates, great. I'm glad you took an interest in learning. I, but I'd rather you be like, I am an expert on ancient Roman history, or I'm an expert on, you know, Syrian culture. Like, okay, cool, you're an expert at something. Awesome, I'll, I'll value that way higher than than a, you know, a piece of paper saying. I like I like that, Aubrey, and kind of kind shifting gears. A lot of people do want to reach the finish line. Uh, you know, that's something uh, I talk about. Uh, you know, a life hack in my book, as well as several as well as several other platforms. But uh, I think a lot of people forget that one of the elements to reaching a finish line is your health. You know, a person could be the most motivated, the most inspired as they possibly can, but if their health is lackluster, then that's going to prevent some challenges. It's not going to be able to enable, enhance them uh, to be able to reach um, the finish line. So the question is, you know, what makes your product different than the other products? Because, you know, a lot of people... You know, people are becoming more health conscious. People are preferring more non-GMO, organic products, stuff like that. Um, but when, when people buy these health products, you know, a, a lot of people don't know if this actually is healthy or not because there's a lot of kind of behind the scenes when it comes to excipients, stuff like uh, you know, magnesium stearate, stuff like that. What makes on it different than all the other health supplements? Well, I think we're one of the only companies that combine you know, a core of earth-grown nutrients, truly natural ingredients, with rigorous clinical, clinical trial data and, uh, and science. So you know, for Alpha Brain, our flagship supplement, um, not only is you know, it largely earth-grown nutrient-based, Tupersia serrata, Bacopa, all the amino acids that we have, the cat's claw extract, um, but we've also put it through two double-blind placebo-controlled clinical trials with the Boston Center for Memory and showed statistically significant improvements on our formula, not just the ingredients, on our actual formula uh, for a variety of cognitive benefits, including processing speed, memory, focus, uh, a lot of things that are useful in my life, you know, as, as an entrepreneur and as someone who's looking for peak performance. You know, Alpha Brain has significantly impacted my ability to perform at the highest level. And, um, you know, I know there's thousands of other people like that. so. Um, we're kind of one of the very few that has really good science and really good natural ingredients and we've kind of duplicated that across multiple platforms and we're just trying to paint the really true holistic picture. A lot of companies say, well do this one thing, take this one herb and you'll be healthier, have this one vitamin and you'll lose weight. No, okay. that's a bunch of bull crap. You know, you need mm -hmm. to really have a holistic approach comes with diet and that diet can be flexible you know but just abide by basic principles eat grass-fed meats 
eat naturally sourced food, try and get organic veggies, you know, don't listen to all the hype, all of this low-fat nonsense that's been proven in massive reevaluations of all of the clinical data to be shown to be false, like keep up with what's really actually accurately um, going on in your body and then combine that with fitness and then combine that with supplements to bring out your best performance. You know, that's the, the kind of message that we propose. Great, great. And um, as, as we come into a close, Aubrey, um, what would be some, you know, imparting advice that you would give to whether the employee uh, or entrepreneur, what would be some advice that you would impart on them to inspire them and help them be able to reach their finish line? Well, to me, it's, <clears throat> it's a matter of the very first thing you got to do is you got to decide what your mission is. And, and that's your guide star. You know, what kind of impact do you want to have on the planet, on your life? Like, what, what ultimately do you want to achieve? And start there and be very clear about that. Because when, when that is hazy and when that isn't clear, it's very difficult to decide what you should do and how you should do it. So once you set your mission, then you can start working on your vocation. And your vocation is the actual thing that you do, your job, what you're actually doing. Um, but that should also be related to your passion, hopefully. And sometimes not, you know, maybe your passion is butterfly collecting, but there's no money to be made in butterfly collecting. So your passion and your vocation will be different. But ideally, it combines both of those things that are all contributing towards the overall mission. So you get that you get that straight, and I think you've got ninety percent of the battle won. Great, and Aubrey, if people want to follow you, how would they do that? Yeah, I'm on social at Aubrey Marcus, um, pretty much every network, and then you can also follow on it, O N N I T at on it, and uh, check the website onit.com. Also, I have a blog in my own podcast, the Aubrey Marcus podcast. You can uh, reach all that through my own blog, AubreyMarcus.com. Great. Aubrey, thank you for being our guest. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for listening. Just another great episode by Callan Diggs, best-selling author and career strategist at Seen and Fast Company and Inc. Magazine. If you're not on an email list, you're missing out. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and subscribe to get all the exclusives.